All right, Stochastic, here we go. It's your old pal Emac coming to you on a Saturday morning with one Greg Ehrenberg as we get ready for an exciting NBA day, a very compressed schedule. The uh, the sites are leaving off the late game. There's a couple early games and, of course, only two tomorrow because the big game is on, dominating everything, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58. So we'll uh, have some content out there for that. I just submitted my article, Greg, recommended some props, broke it down from a DSF at DFS perspective, <laughs> ranked the entire player pool. It's going to be an awesome article. I, I'm using the new block editor, so I'm oh. adding in different graphics. You know, we're taking it up to the next level. But how's it been? It's been like a whole week since I've talked to you. No, last weekend. Well, that's almost a week. Six yeah, days. It's not a couple of weeks, though. I said almost a whole week, not two. Weeks. Oh, they said a couple almost weeks. My bad, my bad. I'm I'm getting up right. there in age as well. The hearing starts to go, as you know, Emac. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it's good. So I've got uh, my dad is uh, flying up from Florida tomorrow to come here to watch the Super Bowl with me. So that'll be that'll be nice and fun. And then yeah, we've got the Super Bowl tomorrow. I've got lots of stuff I'm doing today. I've got obviously this show with you. We've got live before lock later. I'll be recording some additional Super Bowl content, both for DFS as well as for sports betting. So. Yeah, lots going on, lots of lots of football content. But of course, first, we've got this NBA slate to talk about and uh, YouTube chat kind of being wonky with me right now. So I'm trying to uh, get it to pop out and keep telling me there's error messages with the YouTube chat. But neither here nor there, Emac. We've got a slate to talk about today. I've got lineups built out here in the Sims. You guys could see it on screen. I will really quickly here read off what is the top projected lineup amongst the ones that I've built by simulated ROI. And then we'll start getting into the slate. So it's kind of an overview here. You guys get some insight here. The number one projected lineup that I have by simulated ROI, and not by like a wide margin over some of these other lineups, like the top lineup only is a 0.6% higher sim ROI than the second best, but it is Trey Mann, Buddy Heald, Miles Bridges, Jaron Jackson Jr., Andre Drummond, Vince Williams Jr., Prestichua, Miles Turner. So I always do like to look at lineups early in the day, just kind of get a sense of like, especially when I'm on these shows, like, all right, what looks good as of now? And that's where the Sims tool really does help me out. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it game by game here, Emac. All right, we'll jump in. Uh, I have been using the Sims tool almost exclusively now since uh, uh, whenever I told you I started doing that. So I guess last <laughs> Saturday, I think it was. Uh, it's been it's been good. I'm, I'm converted. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's very easy. And now I've been leveraging that late swap feature for quite some time. But now I've, I've moved my showdown uh, NBA contests. I, I play the sub slates. And I've even branched out to playing on FanDuel uh, main oh. slate now. Still still dabbling in the, in the you know, I love those couch cushion uh, change uh, contests, the, the nickel and the quarter. But uh, playing around with 50 bucks over there every day. It's, it's, been, a fun, uh, it's been a fun feat. Only once have I missed lock. And Ooh. there was only two games, so I was able to recover. It ended up not being a great slate for me because, oh, I forget. It was one of the days where we needed to front load it two or three days ago, but um, still survived. So uh, it's been worthwhile and actually profitable uh, across both sides. So uh, I'm, I'm happy with that. So good to go for the Sims there. All righty, let's talk about our games. We've got a lot of moving parts here. Uh, important things to note of our first game here, as I scroll down, we have uh, the Memphis Grizzlies at the Charlotte Hornets. All you really need to know is the Grizzlies are somehow favored 
by three and a half. This is going to be a disaster uh, of a game. Memphis still, of course, without uh, Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart. Uh, Zaire Williams is doubtful. He's missed the last six games with a hand injury. You have uh, Derek Rose questionable with a, a sore ankle. He missed the last game. On the probable side, uh, Luke Kennard was a late scratch, but he is expected to be playing tonight. As are recent acquisitions, Lamar Stevens and Yuta Watanabe. That's one of those, uh, hey, I didn't realize he was still in the league guys for me. Utah Watanabe, that is. This is an island game for Memphis. They play, last played Thursday, then have to play Monday. On the Charlotte side, of course, they're likely to be without Lamella Ball for an eighth game here. Uh, questionable side, they have some trade acquisition pieces in Davis Bertons, Seth Curry, Trey Mann, uh, and Grant Williams, and uh, Misich, uh, who should uh, potentially be available tonight. I would expect a couple of them will probably play. It's a back-to-back and a three and four uh, on, and they play in Monday. Last night uh, they got gobsmacked, one twenty to eighty-four in Milwaukee. So Charlotte, kind of a mess. Is there anything you can infer from this first game with all those recent uh, trade acquisitions being worked in and the uncertainty around it tonight? Yeah, so let's start with the Memphis side, where, as you guys could see with my exposures up on screen here, John Jackson Jr., one of my most rostered players on the entire slate. He's also expected to be quite popular. We got him here project for 42.9% ownership, but that is still a mark I got overweight to. And when we look at what's going on right here with Memphis, they are very shorthanded, like you mentioned, DMAC. But what's key about what's been happening with their offense is Jaron Jackson Jr. just takes almost all of the shots, which makes sense when you look at the other names who are on the court with them. And it's not just that he's taking a lot of shots. He's doing it so consistently on a game-by-game basis. So if we look at the usage rate by game for Triple J, he has not had a game EMAC with a usage rate under 35% since January 20th against the Bulls, and he had a 34.6% usage rate that game. Recent games for Triple J, 39.6% usage, 38.3, Overall, if we look at him over the last month, he does have a 36.3% usage rate. That's just what happens when anybody who's worth anything on a team is out except for this one guy in Triple J. So he's clearly one of the top options on the slate. It's also a great matchup against the Charlotte Hornets. The total's fairly uh, low for the game at only 217. It is the lowest on the slate, but that's not enough to deter me from getting away from a super high usage player in Jaron Jackson Jr., and then as for the rest of the guys, I get myself to some Scotty Pippen Jr., John Conchar, Vince Williams. This is also just because the team is so shorthanded. They're running a condensed rotation. Derrick Rose is questionable to play. Let's say he's out. These are all the available players Memphis would have active. Triple J, Williams, Aldama, Gigi Jackson, Scotty Pippen, Luke Kennard, Conchar, Gilliard, and Jemison. That would only be nine active guys. So we've seen that a lot from Memphis lately. Games with eight, nine, ten active players. We're in that situation again tonight because the amount of players were on the injury report. So I got lots to get to from a condensed rotation. Some of these guys could end up being less appealing and more value opens up later. But as of right now, Triple J, very, very high priority play. And that's not something I think is going to change later, at least as far as Triple J is concerned. Uh, Scotty Pippen Jr., he looks good. We are currently projecting him to start at point guard. Uh, one thing that we should note here, though, is sometimes they start Scotty Pippen. Sometimes they start Jacob Gilliard between the two. Scotty Pippen is shown to be a pretty good fantasy producer, so I'd prefer him. You need Scotty Pippen to be in the starting lineup, though. I wouldn't be as interested if he comes off the bench. But right now, we're projecting him as the starter. Yep. And then I see in chat uh, regular Obi-Wan asking uh, any GG uh, Jackson love, Gregory Jackson. So 
kind of, but it's he's someone that will probably lose out. He has been incredibly efficient from three in his last two games. He's come off the bench in both of them, played 21 and 32 minutes, um, and then he has gone eight for 16 in those two games from three, as well as having four combined stocks, uh, blocks plus steals. That's uh, helping him look a little bit better. I would suspect he slides out of the picture. I would rather go to Vince Williams. He is about $1,800 more on DraftKings. Uh, Vince Williams just missed a triple-double in the last game. Do not expect that uh, to come to fruition anytime soon. But a double-double is definitely in play, uh, and he is likely to get heavier minutes because he is going to be in the starting lineup. So between, between I know you were comparing those two, but that would be my lean. Um, would be to, to go with Williams. If Gigi Jackson ends up in the starting lineup, which I don't think is going to happen, um, then he would become a little bit more appealing, but he'd still be around that five points per thousand, um, uh, five fantasy points per thousand break point that, that people start to fall out um, here. Uh, on the Charlotte side, Greg, it looks like we have Miles Bridges as the only player reaching double digits there on DraftKings in the popularity uh, uh, lens. I want to see where he is on FanDuel. And of course, now my FanDuel has frozen. Yeah, so we do here. have Trey Mann projected for 34% ownership. So Trey Mann's mm-hmm. also going to be super, super popular. We need to know that he's playing today, though. And we've seen some of these situations, like last night, for instance, the Philadelphia 76ers, who are also on today's slate, we've seen players get traded at the deadline, make their debuts for a new team, and just immediately be thrust into not just a big situation, but also be pivotal for DFS. Last night, you needed to play Buddy Heald. You needed to play Campaign. Campaign was the best value play on the slate by a mile. But we've got this situation here where Charlotte, they're very shorthanded in the backcourt. LaMelo Ball, he's been out. Ish Smith, you know, whatever, he's been starting. I don't know that they're intending Ish Smith to continue to start for this team. And uh, the reason that I would expect that to uh, not be the case that he isn't on the team anymore. So with that being the case, they traded for Trey Mann, and we're projecting to play not a massive role, not anything like Campaign, who off the top of my head we had projected for like 26 fantasy points last night. But Trey Mann at, the, at a minimum value salary, we do even project for 18 fantasy points, and at least in a first run of lineups when there isn't a ton of value on the slate, that's enough to get Trey Mann into about half my lineups and from to be projected to be fairly chalky, the field playing about a third of lineups. But we do need a little bit more information about this about this situation. There's a ton of moving parts. Trey Mann, Grant Williams, Seth Curry, they're all recently traded to the Hornets, and we don't know if they're going to play. They're officially considered questionable. So this is one where right now we're assuming these guys are in. Miles Bridges has taken on a huge usage role for Charlotte. He's done for Charlotte kind of what we've seen on the other side of the game with Jaron Jackson Jr. has had to do for Memphis. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening with the with the different projections of players as we go. It, it's really hard to know at this time of day just because there are so many players that are questionable due to the trade. All righty. A uh, little bit of housekeeping here. If you guys are watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up. That like button does help us out a lot. Also, if you subscribe, we just crested over 96,100 YouTube subscribers here. That helps in the old algorithm. And if you guys are listening on a podcast form, tell a friend uh, or leave a five-star review. That's always helpful. Uh, we're sponsored today by BetMGM. I'm going to drop the uh, promo page link into the YouTube chat here. Uh, basically, their best offer for the Super Bowl is bet $5 and win $158. Win or lose, you're going to get $158 in bet credits. The only stipulations they have are, one, your deposit needs to be $10, and two, you need to make a $5 wager for that to 
occur. And then you will get those $158 in bet credits, which will be just in time for the big game. This uh, offer is going to expire tomorrow afternoon. So uh, you want to take advantage of that as quickly as possible. Moving on to our second game here, Greg, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, the Chicago Bulls are five-point underdogs in Orlando taking on the Magic. Uh, for the Bulls, Patrick Williams is out, but uh, Caruso, White, and Craig all should be available. Uh, this is an island game for Chicago. They last played Thursday. They play again on Monday. Orlando, everybody looks good at this point. Also an island game for them. They last played Thursday. They don't play again until Tuesday. Looks like... Uh, uh, obviously with Levine out and Williams out, but aside from that, full rotations here on both sides. Is anybody looking appealing? Uh, and and do you think Drummond gets another 30 minutes for the slightly uh, shorthanded front court there? Hard to think he doesn't. Uh, two games ago, he started and played 35 and a half minutes. Then last game, even though he came off the bench, he still played 31 and a half minutes in that game. And also, if you consider what ended up happening in the game that he started, which was against the Minnesota Timberwolves, it was at least in part because they were playing a uh, bigger team on that day. And Orlando doesn't have, you know, like a two big man front court in the same way that we saw, you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves who have Carl Anthony Towns and, and, um, and Rudy Gobert in their starting front court. But still, we do see the magic throw guys like Mo Wagner, Wendell Carter Jr. out on the court. So there are bigs, but I mean, most importantly, the Bulls have played fairly well over the course of their last couple of games. They had to win over Minnesota. They've given Drummond big minutes in each of those games. So I don't really see a compelling reason for them to stop giving him big minutes. Now, obviously, it doesn't really make sense logically to play Vooch and Drummond together, but they're doing it. They've done it a couple games in a row. They haven't gotten destroyed in those games, and that's typically how coaches operate. If they try something and it goes okay, they're going to keep doing it until it stops going okay. So with that in mind, I don't really like anything on Chicago outside of Andre Drummond, but I do think there's an outside chance that he gets back into the starting lineup alongside Vooch. And even if he comes off the bench, I think we can expect around 30 minutes from him again. So he is uh, one of my favorite big men on the entire slate. Ooh, lofty price there. I like I like hearing that. Uh, anything else popping for the Chicago side here? Orlando's still pretty good on defense. Yeah, only only Drummond for me and nobody else on the injury report other than, you know, like the Patrick Williams, Zach Levine, who've both been out for forever. So no new news for the Chicago Bulls. But yeah, Drummond looks like a good guy to roster in the front court. All right. Turning your attention to the Orlando Magic. Anybody sliding into the Sims here? Could it be perhaps uh, one of the Wagners? Uh, may, maybe a, a Wendell Carter Jr. Remember Me game? Is that factored into the Sims here? What is the data telling you? Yeah, this is uh, not a great team to be rostering for tonight. And there's a couple reasons for it. Most notably, nobody on the injury report, Mac. All these other spots we've talked about, even when the Chicago Bulls, while there's nobody new on the injury report, there's been some rotation changes as of late, and they are still shorthanded with Levine and Patrick Williams being out. That is not the case with the Orlando Magic. They have nobody on the injury report. And in addition to that, they've got somebody like Markel Fultz, who's back in the mix. And I know that he's been back for a little bit now. But it's just so tricky to figure out what the backcourt minutes are going to be on a day-to-day -day basis for the Magic when they have Jalen Suggs healthy, when they have Markel Fultz healthy, when they have Cole Anthony healthy. And just as a sign of how deep this team is, they had players that were playing excellent at the beginning of the season. Goga Batadze, not in the rotation anymore. Cole Anthony. I remember people messaging me because a, a while ago, I had bet uh, Malik Monk for six-man-of-the-year Mac. 
And I was trying to explain to people why I was betting him and why I really liked him for six man of the year. And the most common response I got to that was people saying, no, 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 Cole Anthony is going to win six man of the year. And here we are a couple months later, and he's hardly even playing for the Magic. He's playing like 12, 14, 16 minutes per game, stuff like that. So we still got guys like Paulo Boncaro and Franz Wagner who have secure roles in the rotation, but they're priced up at this point. So uh, not a team that I really like getting to. I've got a couple shares of Wendell Carter, a couple shares of Franz Wagner, a couple shares of Jalen Suggs, but it's not anything significant. And these are guys who easily, as better plays open up later on the day, end up could falling out of my lineups entirely. Yeah, I, I, I truly did not think it was possible for Fultz, Suggs, uh, Isaac, and Harris to all be healthy at the same time. One of them was always going to be injured. But no, here we are, full rotation. That takes us to our final 7 o'clock game here. This one is going to be uh, a good one, at least for fantasy purposes mm -hmm. here. You've got the Philadelphia 76ers, four-point favorites heading into Washington. 237 implied point total here. Uh, of course, Joel Embiid out after having that knee procedure. Uh, Nick Batum is going to miss his eighth game tonight with a hamstring issue. Robert Covington uh, perpetually injured. Uh, DeAnthony Melton has missed 15 games now with his back uh, issue. The big question is going to be Tyrese Maxey and does he play tonight? Dealing with an illness, had a couple bad games. Um, I liked him a lot last night. Uh, he was one of my featured players in my article. Sadly, he sat. I'll like him again tonight um, against the Wizards here. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens there. On the Washington side, oh, I'm sorry, back to back here for uh, Philadelphia. A lot of minutes for their starters last night. Buddy Heald, as you alluded to, and Campaign played 40 and 36 respectively in their debuts uh, for Philly. We also saw Kelly Oubre Jr. play 40. Uh, Tobias Harris played 39, and then Reed had Paul Reed had 32. Washington on a back-to-back -back as well. They almost knocked off uh, Boston last night. Well, the game wasn't as quite as close as the 133-129 score, but uh, heavy minutes for um, Denny Abdia, uh, 42. You saw Kuzma, Poole, and Jones each play 37. Kulabali got 33. Uh, Corey Kispert had a great game, but he was knocking down threes and getting rebounds. He played just 24 minutes off the bench, and then um, oh, uh, Omen Yuri who we were kind of hoping maybe he'd get to draw another spot start there. It ended up going to Koulibaly, but uh, he played uh, about a dozen minutes here. So back-to-back -back for both teams. Um, take it away on, on the Maxi side. You had an interesting call-out once he got ruled out last night. I think it's worthwhile to kind of mention the, the Paul Reed uh, contagion uh, theory that you have here with him. Yeah, so, I mean, there's uh, – the so Tyrese Maxey – has been questionable three games in a row. Two games ago, he played. Last night, he sat. And now tonight, questionable. So still up in the air. Last night, what we ended up seeing happen was Tyrese Maxey, like we mentioned, sat, played a game against the Atlanta Hawks. It was a very high-scoring, relatively competitive game. And I, I felt that Paul Reed had a higher minutes upside than was kind of being recognized by a lot of people, which is why on the show last night, I was really adamant that Paul Reed was my favorite overall big man play on the entire slate. And he was he was good last night. It's not like you needed him or anything like that. It's not like he went out and scored 60 fantasy points, but he scored 35, which was very respectable. I think he was $5,800 on drafting. So really good results from him for sure. But what was most important to me about his minutes was that while it had been down in some recent games, we had to keep in mind that before Tyrese Maxey was sick, Paul Reed was sick. And then Tyrese Maxey had to miss the game. Paul Reed did not really miss time in the exact same way, but it stood to reason to me that Tyrese Maxey got sick from Paul Reed, and Paul Reed was dealing with the same illness that caused Tyrese Maxey to miss time. 
So what ended up happening was, sure, we did see some games where Paul Reed's minutes were limited a little bit, and he didn't play as well as we're normally accustomed to when he's starting at center. But I don't think he was 100% for those games, and I do think he is now. So last night, he played 31 and a half minutes. He scored those 35 fantasy points that we talked about. And I think we could really, really feel confident that as long as he's playing decently, he's going to get the bulk of the center minutes for the 76ers. It's not going to be the same split that he had with Mo Bamba in some previous games. So Paul Reed, he's somebody I'm getting to in 39% of my lineups for now. Kelly Oubre, he looks solid again. Tyrese Maxey, the guy who I can't get away from right now is Buddy Heald. Because here's what screws up the entire slate from a pricing perspective, Mac. The slate for today came out prior to the 76ers game last night. So there was no way to know what campaign and Buddy Heald's roles were going to be for Philly. And their salaries are unchanged for today. So if Tyrese Maxey gets ruled out, Campaign's going to start. He becomes like a must-play type guy at a cheap price point at point guard. Buddy Heald is great no matter what because he is also reasonably priced. He's 5K on DraftKings, more expensive on family. They've done a better job pricing him. He's he's around that 6K mark, but that's still a playable price. We got him projected here for 36 fantasy points. There's a ton to like about the Philadelphia 76ers, even if Tyrese Maxey plays. If Maxey sits, we're in the same situation we were in last night where just get all the exposure to the Sixers as you can. The easiest path to winning in last night's slate, you could just play eight guys from the first game on the slate. It almost didn't even matter which guys they were. You were guaranteed to have a good lineup. Yeah, it was it was a fun, fun game to keep tabs on. That's for sure, especially that Trey Young looked really, really good as well. We'll talk about him in just a minute. Uh, over there on the Wizards side, uh, the, the key thing is, is Marvin Bagley going to be available? He has missed the last four games with a back issue. Uh, we also have the potential addition of Rashawn Holmes, who came over in the trade for Daniel Gafford. So we want to keep tabs on who gets that center start. Last night, they were kind of going without a center. Um, sort of, they're not, the Wizards are not that worried about uh, rotating in Koulibaly or Kuzma or whomever is the nominal fifth guy out on the court at center. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens once we get some injury re report updates there uh, on the Washington side. Uh, what, are you, what are you liking here? Let's, let's um, you know, Break this one down. It, it looks like a tight rotation. There's not a lot of NBA ta uh, talent on this Washington Wizards roster, and the starters are at best replacement level. Uh, I'm still looking at you, Kyle Kuzma. You've been very disappointing this year. Yeah, so uh, one thing to note is that this matchup is much easier than it would typically be against the 76ers. They're on the tail end of a back-to-back, -back, so that's something where fatigue could play an issue. But then also they don't have Joel Embiid, which kind of skews all of their defensive stat numbers. If I go ahead and pull up, all right, what are the best defensive efficiency teams in the league by adjusted defense? So these are your top defenses in the NBA. You've got Minnesota one. You've got Cleveland two, Boston three. Top three defenses, that's by uh, defensive rating and then adjusted for opponent. And then you've got the Philadelphia 76ers. They are sitting at 12th in adjusted defense. But without Joel Embiid, it's reasonable to think this is like a bottom eight or so defense in the entire NBA. So an easier matchup for Washington than would it first meet the eye. Kyle Kuzma, he is somebody who in competitive games plays a lot of minutes. In non-competitive games, plays like 28 to 30 minutes. And the Wizards playing a lot of non-competitive games, Enoch. I'm sure you're aware of that, being somebody who is... Uh, a local fan, or at least at one point, more of a local fan. Now you're more of a Florida man yourself. So last night, though, competitive game, shockingly competitive game. Wizards on the road against the Celtics. Celtics 18-point favorites. 
And it ends up only being a four-point game. So we got 37 minutes out of Kyle Kuzma in that game. But then you see other games like against the Clippers last week. They lost by 16 points. We only got 29 minutes out of Kyle Kuzma. So Kuzma looks good as of right now. Tyus Jones as well because we see these guys play big minutes in competitive games. And with all the players who are out for the 76ers, Joel Embiid most notably, the spread's only four points for this game. So I think we could feel good that the starters are going to play big minutes. Where things get dicey, though, Emac, is I don't know what to expect in the front court. Because, as you mentioned, Marvin Bagley's been out. He's questionable to play. But also, they traded for Rashawn Holmes at the trade deadline. We don't know if he's going to be active to play today. We don't know what his role is going to be for the team. Could he start over Bagley? Yes, he absolutely can. Can he come off the bench and be the backup center? Yes, for sure. Can he be somebody who's out? Yes. And he could also be somebody who's active and is just a DNP coach's decision as well. So we need a little bit more information in the front court. As of right now, Kyle Kuzma, Tyus Jones, these are guys who are worth being in your lineups. Kuzma, the one I'm most interested in because he does have sneaky minutes upside for competitive games. But we need more information on those front court, on the front court projections. And it's going to come down to who's in, who's out, and what the starting lineup is. All right. So... The one thing you really want to remember about Holmes, especially if he's starting, he's still a fantasy point per minute player. Not great on defense, but fantasy point per minute. Um, so that's key. Oh, and it's a remember me game for him because once upon a time, he did play back in the Philadelphia process days for the 76ers. Um, good good question here. Uh, 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 I don't, I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, I don't think. Try We Ming is asking... Uh, you know, how long have I been in the DFS or fantasy industry? 2012, January 2012, I started doing stuff over at Rotor Grinders. Do I have another job? Yeah, I've got a full-time day job. I just kind of, this is my hobby. So writing the articles uh, I've written, got over, what, five, 6,000 articles uh, in that time frame. So I just saw my count. I think I'm up to 2,300 articles officially here at Stochastic. So uh, it's, it's uh, this, is, this is my hobby. No kids. Don't golf, don't fish. This is just kind of my hobby. So uh, a lot of fun here. I really enjoy the camaraderie. It's a nice social outlet for me. And I love having the tools here uh, and being profitable. So you're not going to see me taking down gigantic contests, but I get 1099s every year, which is the important thing. I saw someone asking as well uh, earlier, you know, how are people doing? Are they successful? Yes, you can absolutely be successful doing this. Um, I still treat this kind of as a hobby just so I can show people that, yeah, you can you can, uh, you know, uh, play a couple hundred bucks a day and uh, easily make, you know, five, ten thousand dollars a year at this. If you are being smart, if you're looking for those little edges, the game within the game, if you will. But uh, th there's always that. And this is my 35th year of fantasy basketball. I have been playing fantasy basketball longer than Greg has been walking on this earth. That is true. That is true. That is crazy. Remember, <laughs> 1989. Who, uh, who was, uh, I'll ask you this. Do you remember who was, was Michael Jordan the best fantasy player that year? Was was that the year that he was out with a broken foot? No, he was, he was, I think he was good that year. I think I want to say like 86 or 87 was when he had the broken foot. Um, but no, he was, he was kind of, it was him. It was Akeem Olajuwon, Magic, and Bird. And then that was, it was that year or the next year that Bird, or that Magic had the uh, HIV um, announcement. So long time ago, but those were the key guys. And Shaq, Shaq was playing at LSU. He wasn't in the league yet. <laughs> so, but I did have uh, Winston Garland on my first team. Lucky you. Darius Garland's dad. So always fun. Yeah, by the, by the oh. way, because I just looked it up. It, you're, you're right. It was 1985, 1986. 
uh, where we saw Michael Jordan only played in 18 games due to the broken foot. And uh, believe it or not, they voted him to the All-Star game, even though he only played 18 games that year. So, I mean, talk about a time when, when the league was softer. 18 ga- You only had to play 18 games to make the All-Star game. What's up with that? Yeah, yeah. What's up with that is right. Uh, okay, back to present day. Houston Rockets, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Houston is without Fred Van Vliet and Tari Eason. Uh, questionable side, you have Cam Whitner, Whitmore tweaked his ankle uh, last night. This is a back-to-back. Uh, the Houston plays again on Monday. Last night they lost in Toronto, 107-104. You saw uh, Eamon uh, Thompson play 32 minutes. Uh, Smith had 33. Brooks had 30. And then uh, Aaron Holiday off the bench with 31. Uh, on the Atlanta side, they're also on a back-to-back. You've got Clint Capella still out. He'll be out through the All-Star break. You have uh, DeJounte Murray has missed the last two games with a excuse me, with the sore back. You have DeAndre Hunter, who could sit uh, for rest purposes as he is perpetually injured. And then uh, I see that Mills and Matthews are on the questionable list. I keep forgetting they're even on this team. Um, that would be Wes Matthews, not to be confused with... Um, Garrison Matthews? Garrison Matthews. Different spellings, no relation, but uh, uh, Garrison They, they look alike, so it does, it does throw people off. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're almost twins, Craig. They're almost twins. Um, so this is actually an interesting game here. Two hundred forty-two uh, projected point total here. Uh, quite quite the travel trip there for uh, Houston, going going from Toronto into Atlanta, um, and then Atlanta last night, of course, was in Philly. Uh, what do you like here from the Houston side? We're sort of seeing a new rotation or some new responsibilities being divvied up with the absence of Fred VanVleet. Yeah, so. It's really hard to look too much into yesterday's rotation. I've already seen people in the YouTube chat bring it up where they said, what happened to Jalen Green and what happened to Alper and Shangun last night? Because the final minutes for them, all right, so let's pull up last night's game. We ended up seeing Shangun obviously started, but only played 21 minutes. Jalen Green also obviously started, but only played 22 minutes. So why? Well, it's because they were really playing terribly early in the game against the Toronto Raptors. I don't remember how wide the game got in terms of the score, but I think Toronto was up something like 25 points at one point. The bench started to really get the Houston Rockets back into the game. They just rode that out for the rest of the night. So people are like, well, what's what's going on, Jalen Green, Shangun? It was a one-off. Don't expect them to regularly start just playing 20 minutes now. But now with that said, uh, they are on the uh, road here going up against, let's see, what's the spread in this spot? Uh, yeah, on the road against the Atlanta Hawks, really, really good matchup for them. Also, great total, 242 points. So while people might be looking at what happened yesterday and be gun-shy about playing some of these Houston players, you shouldn't be. Thompson, I know he didn't have the best fantasy game, but he played a ton of minutes. He had a lot of opportunity. We do have Fred Van Vliet out. We do have Tara Eason out. Cam Whitmore's questionable, like you mentioned, Mac. Eamon Thompson has shown to be a really good fantasy producer so far this year. We have, and also like mentioned, good matchup against the Atlanta Hawks. So whatever his baseline projection is, he's going to get a little bit of a bump off that. And for the season, Eamon Thompson playing 17.7 minutes per game, Emac, and scoring 19.2 on fantasy points. So well over a fantasy point per minute. So if we're going to get the same 32-ish minutes out of Eamon Thompson when he's averaging over a fantasy point per minute and he's in a plus matchup, that's how we get him to 32.98 fantasy points as a projection. When I kind of break it down that way, it's really not all that crazy of a number we have him at, and that's why I get to him in 32.7% of lineups. 
Aaron Holiday played extended minutes yesterday because Fred Van Vliet was out. He looks good as a value option again. And I really do like getting back to Shangun. I have no concern about his minutes. He's been great this year. He's going to bounce back. His minutes are going to be fine going forward. I was just looking here. I wanted to see how old Jeff Green was because uh, he he kind of showed the youngsters what was up. He was uh, instrumental in uh, closing out that lead. So when they when they sent uh, Shangun and Green other Green to the bench, um, uh, sorry, let me get back to that. They were uh, down by twenty points. They closed out the fourth quarter or third quarter down nineteen, and then it was uh, it was really it was Jeff Green and and uh, Reggie Bullock and Holiday that kind of helped. Uh, claw uh, the team claw back there a little bit uh towards the end but otherwise it wasn't even close they got lucky with some foul shots there uh closing the gap but i i i it's interesting i don't mind when i mean i had a lot of shangun last night i don't mind uh going right back to him tonight Mm -hmm. because it's like all right you know you should be you should be relatively fresh Uh, he'll be going against uh who of course coming off the back-to-back well last night so this is this is kind of an interesting one here. So, do you, what do you think's up with the Jante Murray? Is he like injured? Injured or yes. yeah, yeah, he's okay. he's just injured. So I was I was making fun of Eric for this on live before lock last night. He wasn't on the show, but he was. Well, that's he was, why I wanted to bring it up so you could make yeah, fun of him yeah, here yeah, as yeah, well. So <laughs> we gotta we gotta really stretch this out a little bit until Dejounte emerges off the injury report and people forgotten about it. But Eric was very insistent the other day that DeJounte Murray was not going to play because he was about to be traded. And he looked right at first because DeJounte Murray didn't play. And he was like, aha, told you guys. He's already played his last game on the Atlanta Hawks. He's done. And then the trade deadline comes. He doesn't get traded. He misses his next game outside the trade deadline. So what ended up happening? It was one of these, you know, just like blind squirrel finding a nut sort of situations where DeJounte Murray was just hurt. He happened to sit out a game. And so Eric was right, but for all the wrong reasons. Now, DeJounte Murray remains questionable to play today, and whether he's available or not is going to have a very significant impact on the Atlanta Hawks because Trey Young averages right around a fantasy point and a half per minute in the minutes he plays without DeJounte Murray. If DeJounte Murray is back, there's nothing really to like here because players are kind of priced up. The Houston Rockets defense has been better than expected this year. So really what happens with DeJounte Murray is going to be massive because if he plays as you guys could see here, we've got DeJounte Murray projected in. I've got 2.7% of him. I got 1.3% of Trey Young. No real exposure here. But if DeJounte Murray is out, Trey Young, he becomes one of the top payup options on this slate. Bogdanovich, he slots into the starting lineup. He would look a little bit better. Jalen Johnson, he sees an uptick in fantasy production. More usage for Onyeko Kongu. So lots of guys come into play if DeJounte Murray is out. But basically nothing looks good if DeJounte Murray plays. All righty. Uh, I want to mention the NBA lineup generator. Just dropped the a link to the uh, question page on in uh, stochastic there. But highlights uh, for that, it's $14.95 per week. It builds out awesome lineups for you. And it also uh, gets you access to the uh, Discord chat, which is fun as well. So the key things with the lineup generator is it's built off of all of the same tools that we uh, use for the Sims, the boom bust tool, uh, player projections. It takes into account leverage, uh, contest size, et cetera, things like that. You can you can uh, lock in specific players depending on the sports. For the NFL one, you can actually set game scripts for the showdown slates um, by choosing if teams are scoring more or less than whatever their projected um, plays or uh, point totals are going to be. So it's a very, very helpful uh, tool there and something that will build you out solid lineup. So if you're in a hurry, you've got kids, uh, you want to just get a nice little sweat going there for uh, a couple minutes um, of effort 
and you can kick back, have a tasty beverage, and watch the late night games. The lineup generator is for you. Again, $14.95 per week. Pretty good entry price there. And uh, that actually, C C uh, CEO Tom, had, not Greg. Greg is more like the COO, but boss man Greg. Uh, Tom, founder Jake, uh, Tom JK123, uh, he has said he feels that the lineup generators are a more revolutionary thing for DFS than the Sims because of their price point and how much it can impact uh, your or help your ROI. It can take a break-even player, get them into that positive range, and it can take a, a, you know, a slightly losing player up to break-even. So not a bad way to go for $14.95 per week. Anything else uh, from the Hawks-Rockets game here, Greg? No, we just see. I mean, we really need more information on the injury report until we find out if DeJounte Murray's in or out. Not really much to see here. And then once again, if DeJounte Murray plays, nothing I'll be liking really anyway. All right. I have a feeling I did not copy everything into my lineup or my run sheet here. So let's see what I missed. Did, 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 did. You got the Indiana-New York game in there? I got Indiana and New York in there. I missed Cleveland and Toronto. So let's do uh, Indiana and New York. I knew I was short one there. Uh, so Indiana and New York. Okay, hold my beer. Lots of question marks here. So Tyrese Halliburton, uh, questionable. He is kind of managing that hamstring injury. He is clearly trying to get to that 65-game minimum, so he will be eligible for the All-NBA Awards. Why is that important? Well, depending on where you are on the All-NBA teams, that uh, can unlock some max contract opportunities for the different players. You can see something like Bradley Beal, where that made a big difference for. So uh, he is not playing a ton of minutes. He's getting over those uh, 20 or 22 minutes. He has played, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I think 25 in the last game and 29 in the game prior to that. Uh, I would expect something similar tonight. Um, kind of makes him tough to uh, look at from a DFS perspective, but you can look at him in the prop markets or uh, on the pick'em sites as well. So he is the main question mark. Jalen Smith is probably going to be questionable for the rest of the season, either with a back or a lower leg issue, but he seems to play most games. And then the rest of the guys, Flotsam and Jetsam, we don't really have to worry about them. Isaiah Wong, Jairus Walker, um, Oscar T, Kendall Brown, etc., etc. I'm not too worried about them. Uh, the Knicks are interesting. Isaiah Hartenstein out. Uh, he got hurt. You also are without... Um, uh, Julius Randle, Jericho Sims, you would think, oh, he'll be the next man up. No, he's been dealing with an illness. I think he must have been hanging out with uh, Paul Reed and uh, Tyrese Maxey. So that <laughs> brings Taj Gibson into some prominence here. Yes, he is still back in Tom Thibodeau's life. Uh, he just signed a second 10-day contract. And uh, Jalen Brunson, who missed the last game with an ankle uh, injury, is quite legitimately questionable tonight. But the Cavalry could be arriving here. Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks are available to play tonight. So we're going to kind of get a, a new look New York team. It kind of feels like Brunson could be out because uh, Indy favored by three and a half going into Madison Square Garden here. Take us through the Indy side um, here. And oh, the other thing I wanted to call out is the OG Ananobi. When he plays for the Knicks, they have a, 10, a 104 defensive efficiency. So they allow 104 points per 100 possessions. When he's out, they slip back down to 111 uh, in the last six games he's been out. So that is a big change. They move back to league average. They still play at a snail's pace, but they move back to league average on defense. Yeah, so uh, starting with the Indiana Pacers, 
side of the game. There are, uh, like you mentioned, a number of players on the injury report. A lot of them don't matter, though, like Jarius Walker, Kendall Brown, Isaiah Wong, Oscar Tishwood. They're all on the injury report. They're playing zero minutes whether they're active or inactive, though. So that's something we don't really have to worry about. We do have to worry about is whether Tyrese Halliburton... Actually, we don't have to worry about whether Halliburton's going to play. I'm pretty confident he's going. So we have to worry about how many minutes is he actually going to end up playing. And from Tyrese Halliburton, I think there's more of a minute ceiling than people probably recognize here. Because what we saw from Halliburton two games ago, competitive game against the Houston Rockets, Pacers ended up winning. We got 29 minutes out of Halliburton. That was the first time we've actually seen them give an effort to play in real minutes. What they were doing before the CMAC is they're just trying to get into that 65 games played, min- uh, games played minimum. And not only is there a 65 games played minimum, but it's not a scenario where you could check in the game, take a personal foul, check out and be cool. I've registered a game. You have to play at least 20 minutes in each of those games in order for the game to qualify. It is not a coincidence that Halliburton came back from the injury that caused him to miss a couple of weeks and was playing 21 minutes, 20 minutes, 22 minutes. They're doing the bare minimum to get him a a games play requirement. Now, I think we actually could start seeing him play normal minutes. So two games ago, we got 29 minutes out of Halliburton. Last game, he only played 26, but... It was a blowout. They lost to the Golden State Warriors by 22 points. I think there's potential for Halliburton to play north of 30 minutes in a competitive game. So my first run here, I wasn't getting to Halliburton, but he's the player I'm most interested in as a contrarian tournament play from the Pacers because I do think there's an opportunity for him to play extended minutes, assuming he's in and the game's competitive. And like you said, the spread of this game is three and a half points. That's the lowest, uh, or sorry, that's the tightest of any game on the slate other than the Phoenix Golden State game. So I think this game should be competitive. I wouldn't be shocked if we get like 32 minutes out of Tyrese Halliburton. All righty. The Knicks side, it's really going to be driven by Jalen Brunson. If he's out, then I think the new acquisitions are going to be good. Remember, uh, Burks did play for the Knicks a couple years ago. Uh, I think Tom, you know, the the old Tommy Thibodeau uh, likes his certain players. So I think that's partially why Brooks got back there. It feels like... uh, Boyan has been in the league for a gazillion years. It was, I need to go look it up when the wizard, the wizards traded a first round pick for him for their playoff push. I want to say like in 2017, because they needed some, uh, some additional scoring uh, there. It feels like he has been in the league forever at this point, uh, Greg, but uh, what, what do you like from, from the Knicks? Yeah, so we need updates on the injury reports here. And you mentioned Jericho Sims is questionable. Here's why it matters that Jericho Sims is questionable, though. Mitchell Robinson's out for an extended period of time. OG Ananobi, elbow surgery. He's out. Not that he's a big man, but still he's a front court player. Isaiah Hardenstein also out. He's dealing with an Achilles injury. And then Julius Randle, he's out because of a shoulder injury until after the All-Star break. So then you start to look at, like, all right, who's actually available for the Knicks in the front court? It is Precious Achua. And maybe Jericho Sims. And this is a player in pressure, Chua, who we know, Tom Thibodeau has shown he has no issues with giving him big minutes. The last handful of games, listen to the, these minutes here, Hemac. 41 and a half minutes, 40 and a half minutes, 42 and a half minutes, 43 and a half minutes, and 40 and a half minutes. The least amount of minutes that we have seen out of Precious Chua in the last two weeks is 40 and a half. So that's why he looks so good as an option here. And by the way, Hartenstein was actually in for those games. Now Hartenstein's out. This is actually something that might happen. If Jericho Sims doesn't play today, we could see Preston Chua if he stays out of foul trouble play all 48 minutes. I think that's live to end up happening. So Preston Chua is one of my favorite overall plays on the slate. And it's 
mostly because I think he might play the entire game with all the injuries the Knicks have in the front court. Jalen Brunson, he's somebody we really need to keep an eye on. I hope he plays so we don't have to deal with the newcomers of the Knicks because it can be a real pain in the ass to figure out a coach who already plays weird rotations in Tom Thibodeau doesn't like to really extend his team or play deep into the bench. And now we got these new guys in the mix where it's kind of hard to know who he's going to be favoring in that situation. If Brunson plays, we could just play a chew and not have to worry about any of the other Knicks. If Brunson's out, there's just so many different iterations of what the Knicks could do. Do they start Alec Burks at point guard? Do they continue to start Miles McBride at point guard who played a bunch of minutes last game? So Brunson currently in in our projections. I only am really getting myself exposure to Precious Achua. Let, let's see what ends up happening with the Knicks injury with Brunson. My hope is that he plays and I'll have to deal with whatever Thibodeau decides to do with the newcomers. All right. I had to I had to look this up here. This was an Ernie Grunfeld special. 2017, February, the Wizards bring in uh Bogdanovich from Brooklyn, trading a first round lottery projected pick. Some players I forgot were even in the league. Uh, and they brought they brought uh, Bogey off the bench for or Boyan off the bench for 26 games. <laughs> <laughs> and he averaged uh, 17 uh, – oh, no, I'm sorry. He averaged 12.7 points per game for them. <laughs> Hell of a use of assets there. Oh, I'm renouncing my Wizards fandom. I, I renounce it every year, but there we are. Um, all right, so the game I didn't put on our run sheet here, Greg, because I was – Let's do it. Yeah, the, uh, I was the Cleveland Cavaliers against the Toronto Raptors. And also Phoenix and Golden State I missed. Oh, my God. What happened? You just you just fall asleep? I, got, no, got I went off. and made breakfast, and I was goofing around, and I realized it was – it was uh, I got distracted, and I thought I was done. And I sent you the link to the run sheet, and I never went back and finished it. So there we go. There we go. I will I will be written up after this by Boss Man Gray. <laughs> so, um, so Cleveland, Toronto, Toronto on the back-to-back there. Of course, they, they uh, took care of business against uh, the Rockets last night here. Cleveland, let's look at their injury report. Uh, doesn't appear to be anybody on the injury report at this point. Toronto could get Kelly Olenek. Uh, available for tonight's game. Also, uh, Akbaji uh, potentially could play for them as well. Cleveland favored by eight and a half in Toronto. That's kind of all you really need to know there. As anybody from Cleveland popping up, we've seen Darius Garland continue to get uh, an increase in his minutes. Um, Evan Mobley actually ended up playing on the back-to-back there uh, the other day. I thought he would get uh, rested. Um, he is still kind of on a minutes limit as he's managing that knee issue as, as he gets back to full health there. And then uh, some people thought that uh, that uh, Mitchell should have been traded and they blow the whole thing up. But I think they're gearing up for a, a run through the Eastern Conference here. Uh, what do you like from Cleveland? Yeah, I think Cleveland's one of the best teams in the NBA. Definitely a title contender in my book this year. But part of the reason is because they have all these good players on their team, right? That's why we think so highly of this team. And they're back in the mix now, and they're starting to play more minutes. So Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, these are both guys that they're going to play somewhere around 30 minutes. And other players on the team, like Jared Allen, like Donovan Mitchell, are still somewhat priced for them to be out. I do have a little bit of exposure to Jared Allen. I don't expect that to hold later on in the day. This is not really a great value spot at all. Uh, The total for the game, not too insane in either direction 230 should be pretty middling pace based on you know 2024 nba 
So yeah, there's there's not anything that really stands out to me about Cleveland. There's going to be a point in time in the near future where we want to play Evan Mobley and Darius Garland. I don't think the minutes are quite there yet, though. Is this going to preclude you from getting more than a smattering of these guys? Even no, I don't like matchup? I don't like anything really on either side of the game. Okay. There's a lot of uh, another thing too. There are so many players, guys. Think about all the players we've talked about being questionable in the injury report today. Yeah. Just a couple of those players being ruled out is going to create other value, and then anybody who's just kind of fairly priced falls by the wayside. That's going to happen with both sides of this game. Cleveland Cavaliers, nothing super interesting. As far as the Raptor side of the game goes, sure. If you had like Scotty Barnes, the last man in, cool. I don't have any issue with that. But Kelly Olynyk and Oche Ogbaji, these are two guys who could be making their Toronto Raptors debut. That would certainly muddle up the rotation a little bit. Could cut into the playing time of guys like Gary Trent, Bruce Brown, even guys like Barrett quickly could lose out on a couple of minutes. So there isn't really anything I find massively appealing on either side of this game. These are teams that were shorthanded that are now getting extra players added to the rotation. They're going to take away some usage and playing time. All righty. I'm going to borrow your screen share here for just a sec because I want to talk quickly about Odd Shopper before we wrap up uh, with our final game here. Uh, we've got a lot of new features here and a redesigned look here with Odd Shopper. You can see here's our expert picks page. So uh, right now we've got a lot of uh, Super Bowl wagers up but uh, you can see there are a couple of basketball uh picks as well you'll start to see some more uh add, add in there throughout the day from ben raza and Aton chander and matt kajeski your greg will probably throw in a pick or two as well so you get uh the the, the uh, discord uh, access as well where uh, it's a lot of fun uh bouncing ideas off of each other talking about different uh, wagers etc different availabilities boosters parlays uh, all sorts of fun stuff there. You can see here we have our market-based approach. So what that means is we're looking at all of the bets against all of the books against each other. So you can see here that just the Tyrese Halliburton under 9.5 assists, you can see that there this uh, is wildly uh, ranging across the uh, the sports books from minus 115, there's a minus 141. Uh, you can see some books are dropping it the under down to eight and a half, but giving you positive money here. Uh, so that is something that's always interesting to look at. You sort here by the uh, odd shopper rating or the positive expected value, and that tells you uh, what are the market-based approach to the ROI wagering. Uh, I put in a, a, a recommended wager every day in the DFS building blocks article. I think I've hit six in a row now, Greg. I'm, I'm, uh, I didn't want to mention it and I ended up being okay on last night's game, but I didn't, I didn't want to jinx it. Uh, I, I had, I did have a four uh, day losing streak, uh, two weeks ago. But uh, this is something that is uh, it's very helpful. These bets are changing all the time. You can see how long they've been posted over here, um, uh, on the, uh, the positive EV number. So you can see that this Tyrese Halliburton one was just from 20 minutes ago, yet the Isaiah Pacheco here was two days ago, um, where that, you know, more stagnant line. But this is a good way to check things out. It also works for uh, creating parlay cards on the fantasy pick'em sites. And you can also sort uh, on the fantasy optimizer um, sites. So if you don't have uh, sports wagering in your state, you can easily look at the pick'em sites here. It'll tell you which ones are the best. So this is Odd Shopper, fourteen ninety five per week, forty nine ninety five per month, uh, and the Discord is invaluable. Uh, you'll see uh, like Aton and, and Nate live in there and are constantly putting out um, some good picks. So wanted to give that a shout out.
All righty, Greg, we have our final game here. We've got the do, 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 Phoenix Suns in Golden State taking on the Warriors. Phoenix favored by a bucket. Chris Paul still out, but Clay Thompson should be back. He would miss the last game with an illness. Uh, you've got Bradley Beal uh, has been monitoring various lower uh, leg issues. He is expected to be available, as is Devin Booker. Uh, Royce O'Neal and David Roddy are also expected to be available for Phoenix. They were brought over in the, the trade deadline. Uh, that shouldn't be a dramatic change uh, to the big three, but it's going to move some pieces around at the back end of the rotation and also help uh, the Phoenix defense at this point. Uh, they're still a very top-heavy team. Uh, on the Golden State side, uh, we, we have seen uh, Steph Curry uh, have, have some games. Uh, do you do you think that's gonna gonna continue tonight? Do you think uh, Kevin Durant back in his old stomping grounds is a fun storyline? What do you have for our final game of the night here? Oh, by the way, not to bury the lead, two forty one implied point total. Yeah. So uh, if you guys can see right here for the Phoenix Suns, I am currently getting myself to no exposure. So Phoenix, nothing showing up. He, oh no, never mind. It's because the abbreviation for Phoenix, PF. X. I was putting in a PFO. That aside, not really getting myself to anything from Phoenix. The reason being is that we saw last game, Devin Booker was out. Big game from Kevin Durant. He's been priced up as a result of that. And Devin Booker isn't on the injury report. He's expected to play today. And not only that, but Royce O'Neal is going to be in. David Roddy is going to be in. I don't know that Roddy is going to be in the rotation. He might just be an end-of-the-bench guy who they kind of use in blowout run or emergency-type situations when they're shorthanded. Royce O'Neal is going to be in the rotation. He is going to be somebody else who's going to be slotted in there and take away some playing time from some of the ancillary pieces of the rotation, kind of like the, uh, you know, like Drew Eubanks, Eric Gordon type of players. But still, it's another guy who's an actual NBA player that's going to be added to the mix. I very rarely like to get to the Phoenix Suns when all of Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant are in, and that looks like it's going to be the case today. Booker not on the injury report, Durant not on the injury report, and Bradley Beal is probable. So nothing really for me to look at here, especially when there are so many good spots to get to. All right, people, I see people saying, oh, a casual flex theory. I'm like, no, you, if you want to learn hubris, post a wager every day and see how often it's incorrect or you just miss out. Uh, it's it's a, a challenging uh, endeavor. So that's why when you look at, uh, at all these guys doing the, the contrib contributions here uh, for Odd Shopper, very helpful sorting through everything. Looking at Odd Shopper itself is helpful for that as well. But uh, it can be a daunting task. So it's finding those best, those good numbers, uh, you know, acting quickly, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, it, nothing, it feels like a punch in the gut when you get these wrong, uh, especially because we tend to lean a lot towards the unders. And the reason we do that is, well, everybody wants to root for overs. The sports books know that they're using it against us. The pick'em sites know that they're using it against us. So typically the unders are where you can find more value. I didn't like that at first, but now it's a game. It's finding what is the tougher matchup? What is being missed? What could cause somebody to miss a rotation later in the game or have a bad game and not make their standard PRA or rebounds or assists or whatever it may be. Uh, and it's kind of like a challenge, which I have accepted, but it is humbling when you get them wrong, especially since, uh, you know, we, we post, post those every day. Uh, so you guys can keep score on them. Um, anything else that you would like to uh, talk about today, Greg? We have uh, two more minutes left. Shout outs for the Sims. 
uh, upcoming content, Super Bowl schedule for tomorrow's show, slightly different time. Anything you want to bring up? Uh, we didn't talk about the we didn't talk about the Warriors yet. Oh, sorry. The Ducks. Here's the good. Here's the good news. I don't really like all that much here. Uh, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson was out. He was dealing with an illness. He's going to be back today. That's going to take away some minutes from Pajemski. Andrew Wiggins is back. I know people in Discord have been uh, really excited about uh, Lester Quinones. I think mostly because they like to call him Lester the Molester. Lester That's the just molester, become what, yeah. they, what they call him on the YouTube channel. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, just because the name rhymes. I don't think it's any kind of uh, assumption about any kind of activities he's partaking in or anything like that. But uh, Steph Curry, I know he's had some big games as of late, but he's not somebody I've rostered a whole bunch of in DFS this year. It has been a down year for Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, by that matter, as well, for uh, shooting. We've seen Steph Curry and Klay Thompson both have uh, career-worst years in terms of shooting efficiency. I know that Steph Curry is coming off a game where he seemingly made almost everything he shot from three. He ended up putting in 11 threes in that game, but he didn't really do anything else. He had 42 points, two rebounds, two assists. You know how hard it is to make 11 threes and not have a good fantasy game? That's what Steph Curry ended up doing last game. And overall, if you look at Curry for the season, there's always a ceiling because he can have those games where he goes out and drops 50, 60 points. But they don't happen all that often, and he's kind of relying on that to have much fantasy upside at this point in his career because the assist rate is down. The rebound rate isn't quite the same either. He averages less than five assists. He's averaging just a little over four rebounds per game. In the past, Steph Curry's been a guy who's averaged six rebounds, six assists per game. Now he's much more scoring dependent. So nothing really stands out from the Warriors. I have a couple lines with Draymond Green, but underweight to the field on him. So last game on the slate, it's not one you need to reserve lineup spots for today. All right. That gets us to the end here. We do have some more shows for you. Greg has an MMA video out there uh, on demand. The MMA locks at 4 o'clock today. Uh, of course, at 2 o'clock, we have the NHL uh, strategy show. And then 6 o'clock tonight, you'll be getting the NBA live before lock. Again, very compressed slate. Uh, you get a, We get a wave of game that's at 7, 7.30, and then the, uh, what is it, the 8.30 late night hammer here. So they're skipping the very last game tonight, um, the West Coast. Um, nightcap so that will be fun we can check that all out and then tomorrow Super Bowl Sunday Super Bowl 58 in honor of that we're uh, doing the shows a little bit early because we know people are going to be out at Super Bowl parties so uh, you can listen to these on demand as you are driving to the parties you can catch it uh, relatively early at noon you're going to get the deeper dive with Laffy and Ben and then at 1 o'clock, you are going to get uh, live before lock, even though lock kickoff is at 6.30. Um, at 1 o'clock, you'll get uh, Eric Lindquist and Matt Kajewski. Uh, the editing team told me they're just taking a look at my article, so that should be posted in about 45 minutes, free on the homepage, breaking down all things Super Bowl-related, tucked in a few uh, prop wagers there, as well as some DFS content. So we've got uh, a lot of good stuff out here, Greg. It's going to be a yeah. good time, Super Bowl 58. Super Bowl 58 is going to be tomorrow, and uh, we're going to be having our deep dive live before lock shows. But one thing I want to uh, just tell you guys about the timing of it, we're leaving the shows in the afternoon. The reason being is that if we actually did it up to lock, a lot of people are at parties and whatnot. So it seemed like an inconvenient time to be doing content. So tomorrow, the deep dive is going to be from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern time and live before lock 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern time. So figure that gave everybody ample time to watch the show, whether live or after the fact, and not have to be, you know, like at a friend's party or something like that and be like, hey, I have to listen to uh, live before lock. People talking about who they're playing in DFS. So afternoon <laughs> show for the uh, Super Bowl tomorrow.
All right. So in honor of that, go to BetMGM through the link in the YouTube description uh, below us here. Deposit $10. Make your first wager. Make it $5. And as soon as it clears, win or lose, they're going to give you $158 in bonus bets. So check that out. You can find Greg on Twitter at G Ehrenberg DFS. I am at Emac DFS. And of course, it is stochastic underscore com. With that, gamers, good luck. <laughs>